going to talk about boundaries. Woohoo! Over the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to talk about boundaries with your very enthusiastic five-year-old. And welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul and I sit in a car each week answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person to respect themselves and the people around them. Okay, so let's get right to this question. I'm going to read it in detail so you know what's going on. My five-year-old has trouble reading people. She's over-enthusiastic, hugging her older sister and me, and is all over us physically, which makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to shame her, but I need help. My answer for the question this week comes from the courage pillar inside the Evolved Family Method. And the courage pillar really looks at all the skills and information that we need to step up when things feel hard, whether that's how to start a sentence or the right words to use or um, standing up for our own boundaries with other people in our parenting community or even our own boundaries around our kid when we're worried that we might shame them by mistake. So most adults who um, have an issue to do with boundaries are going to default to not say anything at all. Well, the people that um, come to me anyway, because um, parents that are attracted to this sort of work are parents who want the best for their child. And so a default will be that if something feels like it might be a little bit shamey for their kid, uh, parents in my world will tend to sit back and not know what to do. And this is a characteristic of being a courageous but tongue-tied parent, that parent who wants to do all the brave things but doesn't know how to take the next step. And oftentimes, weeks, months, maybe even years can go by as we're struggling to work out how am I meant to do this thing. And so um, if you're feeling courageous but tongue-tied, probably you have been thinking about a number of different issues related to sensitive stuff, talking about that with your kids for months, maybe even years. So in this video, I'm going to give you three points to help you work through this situation where you've got a child that is invading your boundaries and someone else in the family's boundaries, but you want to uh, be kind and compassionate and definitely make sure that you don't create shame in this situation. Point one, it is absolutely appropriate for us as humans to do things to meet our needs. So in this instance, this five-year-old obviously has a need for some sort of, whether it's connection or something else, she has a need for it. And her behavior is completely logical and makes absolute sense when you think about it in terms of meeting a need. So when we think sometimes about teaching our kids about consent, we will often think about it like making sure our child knows how to speak up for themselves, say no when they need to say no, say yes when they need to say yes. But another part of consent is teaching our child to really listen and pay attention to other people's needs. And in our family, as adults, we can be the first opportunity or one of the first opportunities they have to practice hearing someone state a boundary very clearly. And there is no shame really in um, someone stating a boundary to us super duper clearly. It's actually a really important thing for our child to learn how to listen to. So there's nothing wrong with you having your need and speaking up about it. In fact, I think as adults, we need to do it more to t show our children what it feels like when someone says, I don't like that, you need to stop. 
But because we're not just another person, we're actually their parent, then we get to step into that next phase and say, okay, so let's see if I can help you to meet whatever need you have in a way that doesn't make me feel weird or icky. I remembering when I was picking up a child from sport one day and they came in and they turned on the radio straight away and I had a bit of a headache. And so we got to have a conversation about, um, I need you to turn off the radio because I have a head headache. And they were saying, yeah, but I want to listen to music. And I said, well, I've got a headache and I can't cope with music right now. And that experience of that negotiating back and forth is a really good um, practice for um, our child later on when they grow into adulthood and they're even maybe practicing negotiating intimacy or different sort of things like that. Point number two, I'm putting my occupational therapy hat on for point number two because this situation um, demands sometimes that we put our thinking cap on because a child who is seeking that physical sensation of hugging or being close to someone else Sometimes it's not actually about the hug. Sometimes, and this goes for a lot of us and me included, and I'll tell you about it in a minute. Sometimes our body is seeking sensation. And what I mean by sensation is the experience of either being hugged or um, maybe the sensation of someone touching, touching our skin. I mean, one of the sensations that calms me down is to tap my foot. When John and I first got married, um, I remember him saying, why do you always tap your foot? I had no idea at that stage why I always tap my foot. But now I understand that my nervous system uses tapping as a way to keep it calm. I have a child in my family who pretty much, there are so many photos of him when he was small where his hair is flying up and down in the air because he just spent the whole time jumping up and down. So if you know um that your child is seeks sensation of something like that in their body, then maybe there is a relationship between that and seeking hugs and kisses. And if we know that this is not about um, invading personal space and there's no malice in what our child's behavior is doing, but there is a deep-seated need for some sort of sensation, then we can start trying to fix that. Whether you do need to go to an occupational therapist and say, look, my child is hugging all the time and work out what their sensory system needs. Maybe they need a weighted blanket or there, there's lots of different things occupational therapists do to help um, our own individual sensory systems get the support they need to stay. The word is regulated, but I also use the word calm. And some of you may have children that if they're on the, um, the autism spectrum or have some other diverse or interesting brain or nervous system, we'll be familiar with this idea of um, seeking stimulation. And it's part of parenting that we teach our child how to find the stimulation that they need or the sensation that they need without um, crossing over someone else's boundary. Point three. And I don't know why I left this one till last because I actually think it's the most important. It is sometimes socially unacceptable for parents and particularly mothers to assert their needs, right? Oftentimes we will be socialized or the culture will be showing us examples of motherhood or parenting that is all about self-sacrifice. I know in Ireland um, we see those sort of images and descriptions all the time. 
but it's not good. It's not helpful. And we are modeling to our child, particularly if we have a child that might grow up to become a mother, that their needs are less than the people they are caring for, or their needs are not um, important enough to speak up about. And um, that's not okay, really. It's not okay for us to be treating ourselves like that. And it's not helpful. And nobody wants to raise a child who um, keeps just pushing their needs away because it leads to resentment, really, really bad resentment. And resentment can then lead to all sorts of family chaos and relationship crisis. And um, I'm speaking from personal experience. It's not very fun. So you've just learnt three different approaches to deal with the situation where a child is invading um, other people's boundaries or is creating physical situations that don't feel comfortable to other people in your family. But this advice or suggestions does you no good really unless you're able to start sentences about complex things um, with the children in your care. Or take care of yourself because a lot of these um, strategies or approaches are very much countercultural or different to the way we've been raised. And so we have to look after ourselves when we're stepping forward into that new sort of realm. And so getting those missing pieces is a huge help to moving forward and having more complex and more connected conversations with our kids. And if you would like to learn more about that, the link is in my bio. You can put your name down to find out more information about when the Evolve School opens next. And I would love to see you there. And that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now.